0: So bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Wa sallallahu ala muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Now we are in In hadith Number We have reached hadith number five And it is under the chapter of water And this hadith which is reported by Abi Huraira uh, The prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said La yagtasil Ahadukum Fi الماء الدائme Wahoo junub None of you should take bath In stagnant water when he is sexually impure none of you should take bath in stagnant water when he is sexually impure (coughs) this is the the first part of this hadith and this is reported by Muslim and in in the same regard there is another section which we talk about which is reported by al-Bukhari and another one which is reported by Abu Dawood Three are related to this issue of taking baths And inshallah we'll start with the first one Which is reported by, uh, by Imam Muslim So here in the hadith the Prophet ﷺ Is saying none of you should take bath in stagnant water When he is sexually impure Meaning in a state of janaba, In a state of janaba." Now, Why is it the case, meaning relation in relation to sexual defilment? Because the person who is in the state of Janaba, although he is bodily wise, he is pure, his body is pure, however there can be uh, hidden secretions because of Janaba, because of sexual defilment, which we don't know of, that may affect the water. Rendering it filthy, and that's why there is this uh, prohibition. And we will talk about whether this prohibition is a strict forbiddance or whether this prohibition is uh, an introduction of the state of the type of makruh. So this is uh, the reason behind this uh, prohibition or the introduction. From the benefits learned from this hadith, first of all, the concern of the Shari'a the concern of the Shari'a regarding the health, regarding the health status of man it is such because if a person takes a bath in a stagnant water that has no flow neither something going in or out, uh, there is no doubt that it will uh, render it impure or dirty, and this will be a reason for possible spread of disease for himself and for others as well. This is the first benefit. The second benefit, the comprehensiveness of the shari'a, the comprehensiveness of the shari'a, brought by the Prophet Muhammad sallam in which he was entrusted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning it is comprehensive, covering the affairs and matters that are directly related to the well-being and welfare of people in this life and in the hereafter contrary to what is said by some that sharia is only limited to regulate the relation between man and his Lord, meaning the acts of worship, alone. And the rest is left for people. This is incorrect. And it could be feared that such a creed, if it is held by a person, that could be a door for disbelief, opening a door for disbelief, meaning disbelieving in parts of the Sharia, while believing in another. Al-Sharia Shamila, the Sharia is comprehensive. However, people differ in their degree of knowledge and understanding, and therefore a person may fall short from understanding and comprehending the Sharia, and this is abundant. And therefore he may think then that the Sharia itself is imperfect or incomplete. So this is the second benefit, the comprehensiveness of the Sharia, the comprehensiveness of the Sharia. The third benefit, this hadith may indicate the possibility of forbidden or disliking of a person taking a bath in stagnant water while in a state of sexual impurity and the people of, of knowledge of the specialty in usul al-fiqh and the foundation of fiqh have differed concerning when there is a prohibition or an interdiction is it generally considered offensive status or is it strict forbidden? or is there a way such that one can know whether the interdiction is of the strictly forbidden form in relation to worship and whether that will be distinguished from the other matters of general etiquette and uh, cleanness and purity such that the one related or pertaining to worship is of the strict forbidden form, and the other would be for macro form, meaning offensive form or disliked, undesirable form from the point of view of the Sharia. Some said that interdiction will be a state of forbidden, strict forbidden, when it is related to ibadah, when it is related to worship. That is because man has been created for this particular matter, and this is ibadah And therefore he must manifest it in order to comply with the command Or manifest it in the other side, whereby fulfill the abandonment of the situations that are prohibited As to the general etiquette, and what's related to the health and purity and the like then it may be considered related to may be considered from the part that is disliked if there is an interdiction then that would indicate it's being offensive or disliked and the one who contemplates the hadith aware interdiction the hadith where there is interdiction would find that this argument this saying is closer to the Case, meaning the matters that are related to the worship, the interdiction would be linked to forbidden, strict forbidden, and with respect to the general etiquette and purity and health and so forth, the interdiction would be of the makruh type, indicating that it is offensive or undesirable. From the benefits as well, we learned that it is permissible take a bath in the non-stagnant water in the non-stagnant water and the non-stagnant water is of two types the non-stagnant water is of two types some flowing some flowing like rivers streaks and so forth a person can Purify himself in this And there is no problem Whether he was in a state of Sexual defilement or not So he intends Al-ghusul Taking a bath And then Dips himself, immerse himself in the water And there is no doubt That this flowing water renews itself Is renewed Over the body The second type of water the non stagnant type is it is considered stagnant in the sense that it will run flowing after a while, meaning an hour or two, and it will flow and then renewed, as it is the case with the pools used for irrigating the gardens and so forth. So, you can find the the pool filled, but then uh, drains will open, and water will gush, and be distributed over the gardens and therefore new water will come Can we consider this from the stagnant or the flowing? There is no doubt that this is considered from the flowing type because this water will go away and then replaced by something new so then the question is, what is the stagnant water? what constitutes the stagnant water? the stagnant water is that which is the type of swamps and marshes because rain may fall and may not fall repeat the last, which last? the second type, you mean the second type, yes the second type of water which is considered non stagnant is the like of pools, the like of pools, it may be stagnant for a while and then it will be drained open through special outlets and it will gush to uh, irrigate the gardens and flow therein, so new water therefore will come out, and should we consider this to be from the stagnant type of water or flowing water, there is no doubt that this is from the flowing type and then what is, what is the al daim, the stagnant water? the stagnant water is like that which is found in swamps, marshes, and marshes these collect rain water, these collect rain water and these are considered stagnant because the rain may fall and may not fall. And it will stay there, stagnant, and this is a type or the type of water upon which the hadith applies, meaning being stagnant. Now, also from the benefits of this hadith, it is that it is permissible to take a bath in the stagnant water in a state of manjanaba in a state of I mean if the person wants to take it for cleaning only but not from Janaba not being in a state of sexual defilement, or if he awakes from a state of uh, unconsciousness for example and then takes a bath this is the case I mean, this is a situation whereby it is permissible to do the washing of the uh, the uh, the, uh, the bath or take the bath for purification. However, if his body is dirty, meaning he's got you know abundant dirt on his body, that he may harm the people by his by its order here we say it is not allowed for him to wash in the stagnant water but we say of this deduction this type of deduction that you heard that it is not allowed for him is not based upon the hadith, this is based upon the general foundations of sharia, in the sense that in sharia man is prohibited for him to harm Muslims, and this person would be harming the Muslims because here if there is a stagnant water, people come and take from it to wash their bodies or to drink from. So if this person has dirt on it, such that this dirt may cause a change to this water, then in this case it is not allowed for him to do so, because he will render it impure. And therefore such a deduction is deducted generally from the general foundations of Sharia, it's not deducted from the Hadith. However, if his body is generally clean and then he washes his body from this stagnant water and not being in a state of janaba, the hadith indicates that this is permissible. Here, the hadith mentioned the state of janaba. And who is the janub? Who is the one considered legally in a state of janaba? Which is binding upon him to purify himself from that. He is the person who it's binding upon him to make the ghusl, the bath, take a bath due to sexual intercourse or due to secretion of semen and many of the people, especially the young up to recently those of them of course who got married they used to think that there is no ghusl, there is no bath except from having uh, the uh, the intercourse the legal intercourse and this is wrong and the shaykh said it's incumbent upon the students of knowledge to spread between the people the information that sexual intercourse necessitates ghusl even though there may be no ejaculation or secretion of the semen and they think that there can be no a person cannot be in a state of janaba until he until he ejaculates now the question is why did the author bring this hadith in this chapter some of the scholars said that if he takes a bath in this stagnant water while he is in a state of Janaba will render the, the water filthy and some of them say that the water will become pure but not purifying and this is called Tahir, this is referred to as Tahir and this is what they say, that this is a third type of water, but we have talked about it earlier, that this is not a third type, that there is a correct opinion that there is no third type. The water is either, either impure or pure. This so-called third type, they call it Tahir. Tahir meaning uh, pure, but not purifying. And the Shaykh, rahimahullah, said, the hadith does not indicate either way. How come it will be the water impure while the body of the sexually defilled person is pure? And how do we know that the body of the sexually defilled person is pure? We know this from the hadith with Abi Huraira. He was with the Prophet ﷺ one day walking and then he took a side, you know, in a... In a secret way And then went And took a bath Then he returned So the Rasulullah said "Aina ya Where were you Abu Huraira He said I was Junub In a state of sexual defilement. an So I disliked To be in your company Not being On Tahara Not being pure فقال, the Prophet صلى الله responded Subhanallah الله إن المؤمن لا Subhanallah, far Allah is removed from all imperfection indeed the believer does not become impure does not become impure so in this this is an indication or a hint that Abu Hurairah when he understood that the junub the one in a state of sexual defilement does not sit with the nobles and the great ones the Prophet ﷺ made it clear to him that he does not become impure while he is in a state of Janaba so to say that the, ma, the water becomes impure is a weak and very weak saying So if a person therefore takes from this water which is stagnant and washes his body then alhamdulillah this doesn't affect the purity of the water. The water is considered pure. Because the body of the believer is pure. And the the, on the other hand the, the other response is that we don't consider, we don't Submit to the classification that water is, has a third type, which is called Tahir, pure but not purifying. Because there is no dalil, there is no evidence for this. Now the second statement, which is that of al-Bukhari in, the, in this collection of hadith, under number 5. The hadith by al-Bukhari is as follows. لا يبولن أحدكم في الماء الدائم None of you should urinate in stagnant water that is not flowing Then take a bath in it Then take a bath in it This is reported by Abu Hari So here, he didn't say out of sexual defilement. He said, the condition was فيه, If he urinates in it And then in the beginning he said None of you should urinate In the stagnant water which is not flowing then takes a bath in it meaning immerses himself in it so the first hadith that came earlier by Muslim prohibited depending on the prohibition as we explained earlier whether it is for tahrim for strict forbiddance or whether it is for makruh, being disliked and the shaykh rahimahullah uh, Preponderated that it is disliked, as we uh, heard earlier. So the first, ha- the first hadith which is reported by Muslim, the man is it's disliked for the man to take a bath in stagnant water while in a state of defilement. Here in the second statement, the forbidden is for man to urinate in water. That is not flowing. ثم Then he takes a bath in it. There is no doubt that this prohibition is in agreement with wisdom. How come? The, how could it be that a person urinates in it, and urine is impure, filthy, and then goes to purify code from it or clean himself? This is not fitting Even this is against one's fitra and nature From the benefits of this hadith First of all Just like the first hadith There is the same thing That the concern of sharia For the well-being and health And of the Muslims And as well as Its comprehensiveness To the general welfare Of Al-ibad Secondly, it prohibits the person to urinate in the stagnant water that is not flowing and then dips himself in to take a bath. So it is understood therefore from this hadith that it is permissible permissible, to urinate in the water that is flowing but this requires some details. If this water, this flowing water does not pass by some people who use it and therefore render them impure, if they touch this water, if this is the case and if it doesn't pass by these people, by some some people like uh, in this situation, then there is no problem with urinating in that, as long as it will not harm anybody. However, if the water will reach some people who benefit from this water either by drinking it or for purification then this is not permissible for the person to urinate in this water if the urination will cause a change in it due to the urine however if it is a situation Let's take a situation where, in the case of a river, or, you know, a great stream, in a wide valley This may not affect and there is no harm in that, under such a situation So this hadith now, we also take two cases that are relevant to this hadith Number one, an al Baul prohibiting to urinate in the stagnant water secondly, prohibiting to take a bath in the water that is stagnant, that doesn't flow and each one of them is independent from the others from the other inshallah, we'll talk about this in detail in the next class inshallah ta'ala because there is a need to link it with the second statement by Abu Dawood, where he said one shouldn't take a bath in it from sexual impurity and then we will look over the three statements that by Muslim by Al-Bukhari and by Abu Dawood. and from that perspective we will be able to have a general understanding with details concerning each situation. So, inshallah, we'll leave it for tomorrow, whereby we can take the uh, the this second statement of Al Bukhari and elaborate on it more, and take that of Abidawood, and then uh, bring the whole picture together, inshallah, with that of Sahih, with that reported in Muslim in the first in the first section none of you should take a bath in the stagnant water when he is sexually impure and that of Al-Bukhari, none of you should urinate in stagnant water that is not flowing then take a bath in it and that of Abidawood, one should not take a bath in it from sexual impurity Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam